Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep, the Spring Jack by Peter Piper. This was first published in uh, Franklin's Miscellany. I think I'm saying that right. A Saturday, January twenty seventh, eighteen thirty eight. There's a picture of Benjamin Franklin at the top. Um, it's subtitled "A Cheerful Companion." This is the the newspaper or whatever it is. Cheerful companion for the lovers of science and literature, natural history, and useful information. So, if I was alive in 1838 and uh, had, what is it, uh, three halfpence, <laughs> uh, I would be a subscriber to this because I am a cheerful companion of uh, science, literature, and natural history, and also useful information. Um, I came across this in searching some old uh, scanning stuff that was, well, new scanning stuff of very old material. And I said, holy cow, that's a Spring-Heeled Jack. And I knew I've been very interested in Spring-Heeled Jack for a long time. Um, this is actually earlier accounts than all the ones listed on the Wikipedia entry for Spring-Heeled Jack, which is a pretty terrible entry, but also really good at making you interested in Spring-Heeled Jack. Had you been familiar with Spring-Heeled Jack previously? I had not. Okay. This was news to me, and I was glad to get the news. Yeah, it's funny, because I only found out about him. <laughs> I'm calling him a him. Uh, let's see. Probably about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, so, you know, he's been, he, he'd been around for a while, but he was a big thing in the 19th century. There's a, quite a few Penny Dreadfuls or uh, 10 cent, you know, storybooks from the 19th century, late 19th century, very early 20th century, that had him as a character. There's reams and reams of fiction about this phenomenon. Today, there's audio dramas uh, about this character or phenomenon, and uh, you can see just by looking at him on the Wikipedia entry, or even in this story, that he is a striking figure. The illustration here has um, what looks like the devil um, wearing a cape and boots, <laughs> and the boots have uh, what look could look like a sh shadow underneath, but actually those are springs, hence the spring-heeled jack, although he's called just spring jack here. Um, we, we should say for those who, I think, who don't um, have the picture in front of them, those are leaf springs, not yes, coil springs. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, he's, he's got some claws, he's wearing some sort of suit, he's got a cape. Um, the, the head looks kind of like a mask of the devil. And at, underneath him, or and behind him, is a house which he has just jumped over, as described in the story. Um, and the people of the house are very distressed at this fact. So, um, before we actually get into the, the story itself, which you are going to read for us, I hope... Um, I will just point out uh, sort of what is known about this figure. So this story, uh, I think this is an American newspaper. Um, uh, it's hard to I say, though. I was able to find a copy of it in Villanova Library. Yeah, that's where I got it, too. Yeah, it's apparently a London publication. Yeah, uh, so the halfpence, I, I don't know what, what kind of coinage Americans were using. But obviously, Franklin, if it is a London newspaper... Um, Franklin was very popular in 
the UK as well, which is interesting. Um, I I didn't really know that. I knew, I, he's an American phenomenon. I, I like reading his, his autobiography and stuff like that, but I didn't know the spread of his uh, his progeny. <laughs> um, in well, this, you know, he, he's long dead by this point. In seventeen ninety, right? Yeah, and uh, I think one of his children continued on one of his newspapers, but this is not it, as far as I can tell. And, and none of his children were named Benjamin. That's that's good point. Um, um, and none of them are named Peter Piper either. <laughs> so uh, there's some strange things going on with this. However, um, around 1837, there were, somewhere in 1837, near London, there were a series of sightings, uh, people claiming to have been assaulted, attacked, sometimes by a creature that could jump over uh, walls, uh, from roofs down to the earth, over roofs, over buildings. Um, it, it seems to be like a case of mass hysteria um there's also like a related story of a bear (laughs) being on the loose in the same area this is actually in london but it's very suburban compared to uh what it would be now although it was also urban so it's a mix but in and around this area there was this phenomena of spring-heeled jack usually that's the modern term for him um assaulting women uh, attacking people, breathing fire, jumping in incredible heights. Um, it makes me think there was like a very rich inventor, superhero, supervillain. Um, but those are my desires rather than the reality. I don't know what the reality is, but I'm fascinated by this. And because this is a primary source or very close to it, <laughs> it's a lot better for me uh, to think about, because I want to understand this phenomena, what's going on. And what I noticed in this one is there's a lot of religious elements that I sort of don't want to think about when I think about later phenomena. So, uh, will you read the story and then maybe we can discuss it? Uh, I, I, I'm not, is it even a story or is it a, supposed to be a newspaper report? What do you say? Oh, you know, <laughs> Why don't we take that up after we've heard? All right, it? because that's that's an interesting question on its own. Mm-hmm. The Spring Jack by Peter Piper. The above sketch by our artist will serve to give our readers a tolerable, correct notion of the individual who is called the Spring Jack, more properly a devil, and very unappropriately a gentleman. He is shown taking a flight over a house, which he is said to do with the ease of a kitten over a ball of worsted. But this he could not perform without the aid of his boots, which are made with an ingenuity worthy a better object, having powerful springs attached thereto, which can be sprung at pleasure by the wearer. One freak amongst the thousands that are reported of him is worthy of record. Entering a public house on Peckham Rye, he made his way into a parlor where the only light afforded was from the fire. He called loudly for a pot of ale, which being brought to him by the landlord was placed upon the table. To the landlord's horror and consternation, he saw his customer take up his pewter, which so soon as he touched, melted through his fingers and left the ale 
in a congealed round mass in his hands. Oh, Boniface exclaimed, who the devil are you? The devil at your service, replied Spring Jack, gnawing at the ale as though it had been a German sausage. Can't you give us something to eat besides this? Not I, said Boniface resolutely. The devil a bit you shall have here, though the cupboard was full. Ah, the cupboard, so, so, laughed Jack. And turning towards the cupboard in the corner, he placed his nose to the keyhole and gave such a sniff, Boniface vows, there has been a draft there ever since. Ah, ha, ha, laughed Jack outright. I smell pigeon pie. And open the cupboard, my boy. I'll see you first, said Boniface, as he swore a terrible oath. I shall book that when I go below, <laughs> chuckled Jack. And he pointed significantly to the floor. Well, old boy, there are more ways of boring a hole than with a gimlet. Then, placing his fist against the old oaken cupboard door, smoke arose, and screwing his fist about a little, it went through like a red-hot poker. Jack, seizing the viands within, dispatched them in a twinkle, remarking he always took a Welsh rarebit after lunch, which he made by breaking up some clay pipes into small pieces and frying them in his hand over the fire. After disposing of this singular meal, he cracked the landlord's head by breaking the brown pie dish over it and disappeared up the chimney. What disposes us most to believe in this strange history is the still more surprising fact that Boniface has ever since punctually attended the neighboring church and still more extraordinary circumstance that since the time the occurrence is reported to have occurred, he has filled his pots and given good measure. <laughs> so that's the whole story. <laughs> yep. Um, you see what I mean? It, it, he, he's not the supervillain that I'm hoping he is. He seems to be like an embodiment of the devil, um, yes. especially in the way it's, you know, it's related. What gives credence to this story is that now he attends church, the the owner of the uh, tavern uh, always goes to church and he always uh gives people their full fill of their of their drinks <laughs> he doesn't cheat them anymore he doesn't cheat them anymore and um and then the, the, it puzzled me the first time i read this um i'll see you blank first uh i think the missing word is hell like in hell yeah i, th I think he's saying you're right i'll see you in hell and the fellows and the devil says, "I'll book that when I go below. I'll right, arrange for you to come." Right. Um, so, uh, what what bothered me about this version is it it feeds against what I wanted to be. Right, I wanted to be a supervillain. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be an alien or a guy who who has massive, you know, technological Batman style you know, equipment. <laughs> but that's not what it is. It really isn't that. It seems to be a combination of technology, the springing, right? And also like a manifestation of the devil because he has the ability to breathe on on uh, or suck on uh, uh, holes and make a draft permanent. 
He has the ability to uh, bore his hand through wood, uh, crush uh, things and melt them, turn ale into a... Uh, n- not not steam even right. His powers Solid. seem magical rather than uh, or de- devilish rather than scientific. So I think that this is uh, an, I, I want this to be an interpretation of what the phenomena is, and that's why I think it's a a joke story rather than a report reportage. <laughs> Just a journalism. What do you think? Well, I do think I think it is a story. Um, if you're willing to believe that a, a joke is a story, right, as, right. as I am, um, I think that uh, it's a very sneaky story mm. because it's actually a story about Boniface. It is a story about Boniface. Yeah, right. I mean, even Boniface, his name, right? Indeed. What What were your thoughts? I mean, I have my own, but yeah, I, uh, well, a bon means good. Um, and face, <laughs> he's like a he, he's he's the he's supposedly the human opposite is in my mind of this devilish creature. Um, I th- I think that's right. Although I think you've got the etymology a bit off. Um, okay. Uh, Boniface uh, Boniface is uh, Latin, mm-hmm. and it means good faith. Uh-huh. It's not face. It's it's it comes from facere to do. Mm. Um, it means good fate. And in fact, nine different popes and a bunch of saints were named Boniface. That's good right. fate. Now, this guy, Boniface, is not a churchgoer. We suddenly realize at the end, like all good jokes, the, the, the punchline suddenly makes you go back and re-understand the meaning of what you've read before. Mm. This Boniface was not a churchgoer. So when he says, I'll see you in hell... <laughs> that's in part because that's where he would be, uh, since he is not a churchgoer. He's the opposite of all of the Bonifaces who are famous in history. Um, when the devil wants to eat, he wants pigeon pie and pickled sprats. Mm. Interesting. Um, he wants a fish, um, the sprats, which are the symbol of the soul, and he wants a bird, which is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is what he would do. I think, in a way, this is a very humorous version of the book of Job, where we have the devil sent, in fact, to test and strengthen the faith of a person. Mm-hmm. In, in the book of Job, um, the devil is allowed to have his way with, with Job, because God says his faith is, will withstand it. And indeed, the devil is there. The traditional explanation for the book of Job is the devil exists. Why? Why does an all-powerful God allow the devil to exist? Because those temptations allow us to strengthen our spirits, to become a pope, to become a saint. So Boniface, in fact, um, lives in a world of corruption. And I think I see that world of corruption with that silly little uh, notion of the uh, the blowing of the nose through the keyhole. Mm-hmm. Now, um, inspiration, inspiration. Oh, I'm inspired by God. Inspiration is the the getting of the uh, the Holy Spirit to come into one. Mm-hmm. You 
inspire spiros right breath mm-hmm. you're inspired what what boniface is doing is expiring he is blowing out um and what happens is he gave a sniff then he ble- breathes back in he's going to be inspired by the food um and boniface vows that there has been a draft there ever since mm-hmm. in other words Inspiration by the devil can permanently mark us. Mm. Every time you pass that cupboard from now on, you'll feel that draft. Like having your skin get, uh, um, what's that word, uh, tingle when you go by a cemetery. Mm. Um, right. so the devil can make us permanently bad. But in this story, in fact, having called for sprats, and pigeon, um, the devil has scared Boniface straight, and he who had been bad is now good. Mm-hmm. So there's a very interesting notion here that the devil is there for a reason, and he even is able to overcome the cupidity of a small businessman. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, that's what m- bugs me about it, right? Like. So I, I, I'm thinking, like, he, he comes into this tavern, presumably, I, I, in my mind, he's just been finishing, you know, doing some ill deeds. He's tired. He comes into this tavern, and he orders an ale, and instead of drinking it, as soon as he touches it, it turns into, he, it, it melts, and the contents become congealed. Well, okay, if he's just discovered his superpowers he doesn't seem shocked by it so he knew <laughs> i'm taking on the mind of the spring jack right he knew what would happen when he ordered this ale so why did he do that because he's doing a demonstration right he's doing it for the benefit of the audience boniface rather than mm-hmm. for some you know nourishment <laughs> why is he uh asking for the sprats and the uh uh, pigeon pie because he knows that those things are within this place and obviously since he's wrecked the pewter mug um, he's not a good customer Boniface doesn't want to serve him so he says none for you and he says I find them in here right and he he wants to take them but those things that he's doing aren't for some material gain upon part of spring Jack they are for demonstrative purposes. And it makes me think of like, um, and the analysis that we've done so far makes me think of like, you know, when there's an earthquake happened in the 1980s or something, or AIDS plague is ravaging uh, the world, right? Some preacher on TV says, we're being tested, right? And the reason that earthquake happened or the reason um, these people are dying is because we're not faithful enough to God. And me, I, I'm like, no, I want to know why those ladies say they were attacked by this demon, <laughs> right? Um, if the answer is they're, they weren't attacked and that spring Jack is, is something that sp- sprung up and got out of control, that pisses me off. <laughs> I want to know it to be like an ex- explanation that is the opposite of this. And yet when you... Look at the primary sources like we're doing here, something that's, you know, not what Jesse wants it to be, but what it, what it actually 
seems to consist of in its granular details, it seems to be not explicable in those terms, right? If this was a news report, I think it's a very foolish one. And that's why I, I think it has to be. I mean, what, what do you make of this Peter Piper name? You don't think that's a real name, do you? Oh, I haven't no. Right. I mean, I mean, you might as well name someone uh, John Cain. I mean, it's, it's a reference to common myth and legend. Right. And, and Peter Piper is someone who uh, leads, right? You have no choice but to follow where Peter Piper leads. Um, the question here is, is for me, is, uh, is the pseudonym chosen to help us understand that we have to uh, take account of this joke? It has to matter mm. to us? Mm-hmm. Or is it asking us to realize that uh, following is not something we have to do? Uh, we can learn to change our ways. Is Peter Piper failing here? Or is he leading us to be better people with the example the example he gives us of Boniface? Um, I, I don't know who Peter Piper was. <laughs> um, surely he wasn't Benjamin Franklin Jr. No. But... Uh, but uh, this is something Benjamin Franklin did in his own newspapers, right? He was famous Absolutely. for Absolutely, poor Richard. Poor poor Richard's almanac. Uh, he he would write like letters to his own newspaper under pseudonyms and <laughs> gin up a kind of uh hilarious con- So this is this is a genre within uh this period that was sort of may not be normally what we understand today, but if if we look at it that way, um, uh, this is almost like it's disinformation. It's it's using a it's it's a satire using some popular current event of the period to do something with it, right? It's like a public domain character that they're doing something with. I love it, but um, I I want I've been looking for the newspaper reports that you know would allow me to understand this phenomenon like was there a guy who invented like these spring heels and he wanted to go rape women or what what's going on what 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 is this all about but this is if it is if it is something like that it's so hidden away behind the mythology that i i don't know i don't think we can ever know the answer well i think in 1838 without the uh the handy uh internet to Mm. indulge one's curiosity. I I think in 1838, when somebody read this, um, they may have wanted to be able to, uh, to track it down somehow origins and parallels, but I think they would simply consult whatever they had as their own store of common knowledge. Uh, And within that store of common knowledge, uh, there are things that, that people would notice. For instance, um, he always has a Welsh rarebit for lunch, he says. Right. Always. Right? Well, Welsh rarebit is uh, only one of the pronunciations of that dish, which is otherwise known as a Welsh rabbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, rabbits also fall into the Christian realm. They are the ones who uh, seem to appear at Easter because they are symbols of returning life. Uh, this guy isn't apparently a symbol of returning returning life. He apparently is destroying things. 
uh, like pewter mm-hmm. um, and boring a hole in, the, in, the, in this and that. But, you know, he could have just opened the cupboard. He could have just reached over and opened it. Um, why doesn't he? Why does he do all of these things? I think not because uh, he falls into a genre. I think the genre that's being used here is, you quite well identified it, it's a genre of uh, jocular dissimulation that Ben Franklin participates in, and years later, Mark Twain. Um, This Mm -hmm. is a tall tale, uh, a funny one, and as is usually the case, the the target of the tall tale are the ordinary people around the larger-than-life figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, I think it's uh, it's meant to let us think, oh, my God, if this had come to my life, I'd have, I'd have reformed also. <laughs> uh, Scared straight. <laughs> exactly. But, of course, you know, since you would rather uh, find other explanations, I would point out that uh, when you read it, you know darn well it's not going to come up in your life. <laughs> You're not going to find Sparing Jack. Yeah. I, it makes me so think... Just go on. Yeah, it makes me think that it, it's sort of directed at kids or, or people who are young at heart as well because um, I, when I read it, I look at that illustration, it, it it's inspires me and I also laugh at it, right? It's, yes. It's, it, it's funny. This is Franklin's miscellany, a cheerful companion for lovers of science and literature, natural history, and useful information. Which of these does this fall under? Has to be literature um, and cheerful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You notice at the top of the second column when the, the Boniface says, and this he's separating himself now from Spring Hill Jack, which is a good thing, um, I'll see you in hell first. And Boniface swore a terrible oath. Of course, he doesn't, the text doesn't write in hell. It's just, there's a dash. Um, Isn't that nice? Yes. As if you couldn't write the word hell. (laughs) Now, it is true that in some some sources, uh, in in some publications, um, there are words that we use freely, like damn. Um, that would at some points have been mm-hmm. uh, implied by a dash. But hell isn't one of those. Right. There's actually nothing wrong with the word hell. Hell, per se, isn't swearing. Right? It, you know, if you say, damn, that's a swear, that's an oath. Right. If you say hell, that doesn't make it an oath. I'll see you in hell for No, no, he's not, it's not, it's not, in fact, damning. It's not, um, a violation of the sanctity of God's name or God's powers. It's perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. So why leave it out? I think to give us a little puzzle. Yep. To, to let us, you know. Participate. It's, it's playful. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's trying to draw us in. It's all crazy fantasy. But, but wouldn't it be fun? I mean, after all, Spring Hill Jack doesn't actually hurt anybody. No, he he's he's like his job seems to be scare straight, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, as with uh, 
many uh, such uh, boogeymen mm. uh, going, returning to that illustration you described for us in the beginning. Um, yes, we see him jumping over the house. Uh, you say that he is, uh, in fact, closer to us. That's why he appears so big mm-hmm. and the house appears so small. But in fact, by using that perspective, from the bottom of his foot to the top of his upstretched hand, Spring Hill Jack is bigger than the entire community of yeah. people who are before and within that house. Um, he, he's the, the myth, the legend that they live under. Mm. And he's the one that manages to arrange for a good faith. And notice that every human and the devil himself here has their arms upraised, right? Yes. Some in fright and some for, for frightening, it seems. Yes. And what do you make of that? Yeah, I think, I think it's like um, uh, the devil here, uh, the spring Jack, Spring Jack, it, his job is to inspire faith. <laughs> Very good. I think that's right. So the illustrator has picked up on uh, a lot of what we picked up on, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, so whether in words or with pen, there is always more to say. Thanks very much for listening. And remember, you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for Reading Short and Deep. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sffaudio.